There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to the Curzon Film Podcast. This week we're publishing an episode all about non-fiction. Nope. No documentaries, but Olivier Assayas' new Parisian comedy. Plus, we get the Eurostar back to London for a final roundup of capital presentations from the London Film Festival. This week, as always, I'm bringing the cheese, but I'm breaking the baguette with the Cabernet of the Cope, Kelly Powell. Hello. And the Pinot Noir of Preston. Hello. Alistair Bayman's here. And the Lambrini of Leighton. <laughs> Sam Howlett. I grew up five stops away from Leighton, actually. Uh, so we're, we're talking about non-fiction first, which is the new one from Olivier Sayas. Um, his most recent film was Personal Shopper, which we mm. covered on this podcast uh, quite a while back now. And then prior to that, he made Clouds of Sils Maria. But in the 20 years prior to that, he's made a whole host of films in an incredibly wide variety of genres. Um but perhaps this one that we're talking about today is his one of his very rare out-and-out comedies, perhaps his only one. So just to quickly tell you a little bit about it, non-fiction begins when an affair between actress Selena, that's played by Juliette Binoche, and writer Leonard, uh, who's played by Vincent McCain, uh, is nearly discovered thanks to Leonard's recently thinly-veiled autobiographical novel. Fortunately, Alain... Uh, who is both Selena's husband and Leonard's publisher, rejects the book, remaining oblivious to the whole ordeal, maybe because he's having his own affair as well. Now, this in some ways sounds a bit soap opera-like, for sure, uh, but it's also striving for these explorations into the nature of art within the digital world. There's a lot of talking, but is Olivier saying much <laughs> Ali I think uh, when you kind of look at the film in terms of its cinematic craft it's not really saying much It's even though it's shot on the Super 16 it looks beautiful the blocking of the shots is very rudimentary like you've got this opening shot that just goes to this little bistro uh, down a Parisian side street and it's very very simple but I think what it's hitting at is kind of something weirdly that Jim Jarmusch hit at with The Dead Don't Die in terms of this kind of time capsule of where we are currently are in, in in the human race uh, and, and all of mankind and just really focusing deeply, maybe too deeply for some, some people's tastes, but I think really being aware of the digital age and what that means for our habits as people who enjoy reading, who enjoy consuming media, um, but then also on the flip side, what it means for paper. Uh, and I know it's kind of all maybe a little bit uh, 
treading in terms of, you know, we're kind of in a post-truth age. But I think that what Asayas does with the film, the way he kind of spreads across um, the story across four different characters and the kind of not screwball comedy elements, but definitely the more heavier handed comedic elements make for quite a, a different take for Asayas, but one that's welcomed, I think. Yeah, I, I think the the high points for me at this film are definitely when people are just uh, hanging out. Um, and it's like... I think it's really nice that this film is coming out now because in a way it's a bit of a like a winter warmer. Mm. Like, as you say, it's shot on this 16mm which gives it a like this lovely warmth to it. And everyone, as the film goes on, the seasons change and you just see like Juliet Binoche in like a really nice turtleneck and scarf and coat and people are wearing these really nice warm outfits and you just see them going in like doing French cooking and sitting around. And that aspect of it is so nice to just have a seat at that table for a bit. Um, and some of these conversations, like they, to me, felt like occasionally these were conversations that within the publishing world may have been happening kind of 10 years ago with, as the, the Kindle was kind of first getting popular, like uh, these debates about what role, as you say, like literal physical paper will have within that world. Um, but I think it, it's a gateway into the concerns, calamities and comedy that a, a middle-class farce can present and we've we've enjoyed on screen before. And I think the performances around it are great and it's really quite funny to see how all of this kind of, I don't know, spaghetti junction of affairs ultimately unravels. This Sam. is the most French film of all time. Um <laughs> It has four relatively attractive, very intelligent, very well-dressed people sleeping with each other, talking about, as you say, sort of current events, political things, um, culture, art, just in Paris, in bistros, drinking coffee, drinking wine, cooking. It's And it's got Juliette Binoche in it. You couldn't get more French. Yeah, it's kind of like the Cannes version of Frasier. <laughs> <laughs> And yes like, like we watch Frasier we I mean I don't I I have to say I don't get all the jokes a lot of the time <laughs> um and maybe you won't like I certainly maybe don't get everything that's happening in in non-fiction <laughs> um but part of the charm of a show like Frasier is kind of looking at it from from the outside looking in sometimes I like the idea of you watching Frasier just being like I don't get any of this <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> but but he he's not rich, and he is. <laughs> um, but like, it does mean that watching these characters that they who are, live and work within this very kind of literary world, it means that this the language that they use it doesn't come off as too verbose, as too heightened, mm. because they they seem like a fit. Like they these these are perfect characters live within that world, and so the insults that they kind of sling at each other are kind of ludicrous but fun at the same time and it i think that is the joy of this film is just staying almost within the bubble of language that these kind of characters can create and that we can sit within mm, like a lot of the the comedy is kind of drawn from 
intertextual references to other films. Like there's a particular one with White Ribbon uh, <laughs> that, that kind of substitutes uh, in Leonard's book, uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens. So there's this kind of discourse between high highbrow and, and and not lowbrow, but pop culture. And yeah, you can you get a sense from this film, Miss Ice is a, a huge Bergman fan because there's also um, references to Winter's Light and that kind of setting, as, as you said, Jake, you feel kind of part of it in terms of knowing these Obviously, these characters are very, very highbrow and very, very middle class. But I think the the way that he approaches the comedy of it does give them kind of a not universality, but you, you do feel like fully rendered humans and not just you know like in this country seen depictions of Tories or something like that. Mm. Like they do feel genuine, and even though it is extremely French, I think there are particularly pertinent points about the digital age. And and even towards the end, there's a beautiful scene on the beach, which uh, yeah, it'll stay with me for a while. I think. Yeah, that final scene there is actually really sweet as well. Mm. Um, so we've got Juliette Binoche in, in the key role as Selena, actually, who has some a really good time in these scenes where she is playing a not a cop, a like crisis what? management expert. <laughs> yes, that's it. So she is in a kind of NCIS yeah. type cop show <laughs> on French TV. Like her, like her character is an actress. Um, and any time that the film cuts to that, I found it so funny. Um, and like Osiris has done those things. Like he made Carlos the Jackal. Mm. Like he has done like your big crime epic things spread over multi hours. So I imagine he is having a bit of fun himself being able to delve back into that world and poke fun at it because he would have had to have dealt with it himself. Mm, yeah, and there's also kind of a another intertextual reference to Emma Vamp. You know, like you see the actual kind of sinews of a even though it's a kind of lowbrow TV show that everyone seems to just adore and it's getting into season four. Uh I think that yeah, there's he kind of builds upon what he he set up in Irma Vamp and yeah, also with the Super Sixteen in, in Cold Water. Like, as you said, with the winter kind of vibe, like the just looking at the fire in that format is is really something special. But it's kind of an accumulation of a few things over Sice's career, but it's ultimately uh yeah, a kind of nice sweetener. You know, if you think what's coming up next for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next one Wasp is Wasp Nation. Network. Yeah. Wasp, Wasp Network. 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 Yeah. yeah. Um, which I'm, I don't know much about, but I know it's like conspiracy stuff. Conspiracy theories, spy thriller, yeah. Yeah, I'm up for that. Um, so going, going back to nonfiction briefly, uh, I just want to delve into a, a couple of the supporting characters because we, uh, Juliette Binoche, um, we, we, we know, and Guillaume Canet, people might recognize. Um, Guillaume Canet, who, whose face uh, will be familiar, that's for sure, Um but I was not aware of this, that he he made a film called Tell No One. Um, I don't know if anyone has seen it. 2006 film. Uh, he won the Caesar Award for Best Director. Mm. And in his autobiography, Michael Caine said this is one of the best films ever made. Put it in his top 10. And well. I have to now see Tell <laughs> No One. Um, and maybe this is like Citizen Kane and like it's just completely flown by me. Uh, and all of us around this table and do tweet us and tell us how stupid we are for never hearing of Tell No One. But I've got to see that film. Um, oh, <laughs> oh, you're going to do Michael Caine, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, I, I saw your mouth move in the right <laughs> position and then you stopped. <laughs> but beyond uh, Caine and Beanosh, we've got a couple of supporting roles. Um, Vincent McCain as Leonard, who is probably my favourite thing on this. I mean, he's got like a straight out of Goldsmith's look to him like blue french jacket and a rolled up uh fisherman's beanie um but he he's like the kind of pretentious writer in the group but 
I think he's he's really good, and uh, along with his partner as well. And I know, Ali, you're a big fan of his coming back from a previous work of his as well. Yes, no, he he particularly stands out in Me Hansen Loves Eden, in which he kind of plays the producer slash like manager of um, of the characters. And yeah, he's really comedic in that. You can tell he's he's got uh, a lot to him. Um, but yeah, this this kind of really blew me away in terms of his series. Obviously, it's kind of a self serious, self absorbed role in terms of being this kind of auto-fiction slash reality writer who makes the weirdest titles like Full Stop and, and, and whatnot. But um, but yeah, his his performance really stood out for me in terms of its sincerity and you kind of feel the weight of, you know, in the initial scene when his his manuscript gets rejected, you feel the weight of of that burden on him that he has to go back and, and, and rework it. And yeah, he's just kind of good at sitting solemnly yeah, and I think he's a good proxy for us at points as well to kind of cut through the treacle of pretense that comes with these characters as well, whilst also being the worst example of someone that has to work <laughs> within that world at the same time. Um, and I think, it, yeah, it's definitely one worth checking out. As I said, it's, it's a very warming little film and it was it's available on Curzon Home Cinema as well. Um, and... I think that's in a way quite interesting that it's going out straight on streaming because yeah, what would the cut? Yeah, considering how much of a plot point revolves around <laughs> yeah. the, the digital nature of art and whether we whether we can preserve things physically, and this film was shot on physical film, um, so I don't know. Like it's on it's in cinemas as well. Uh, maybe have a th- have a think. And, yeah, uh, take your battle film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't think the film actually comes down on a hard argument either way either. Um, no. I know it's definitely romantic and nostalgic for the, like the era of physical it's art. It's also I mean, taking the mickey out of people that are overly romantic. Yeah. Plus, Olivia says prior, prior film to this was all about eye messaging. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think he can understand the power of a, a good emoji. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I think this this one's definitely uh, for fans out there. Well, um, if I've mentioned Personal Shopper, definitely one to carry on with. Um, but people who are fans of Eric Roma, I'm sure, would really be interested in this as well. And if you have seen Eden and Mia Hansen Love's film... Um, fans of Frasier. Fans of Frasier, absolutely. That's the big one. The takeaway here, non-fiction and Frasier. Yeah. The perfect double bill. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. All right, um, so we're going to quickly move on to the, uh, the our last highlights from the London Film Festival, which has, at this moment, just finished. Um, we're going to quickly go around the table and pick out some final highlights of things to be looking forward to in cinemas over the next few months. Um, Sam, I'll quickly start with yourself. Uh, next month, we're going to be seeing a Ryan Johnson whodunit. I know. Who saw it? You did. I did, <laughs> and I loved it. Uh, so this is Ryan Johnson's first film since uh, Star Wars: The Last Jedi, and he's the best Star Wars film. 
I think it, you may be right. It's not my favourite, but it might be the best. I think it's the best. Uh, yeah, so this is a full-on old-school murder mystery, and the uh, the thing that I think really sells this film is Daniel Craig as a southern detective called Benoit Blanc. Do it in the voice. Uh, <laughs> into a Benoit Blanc. Ah, <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, he's full, like, I say, I say, I say. <laughs> He's doing full foghorn leghorn. I do declare. I do declare. <laughs> um, it's a proper Agatha Christie style old school murder mystery set in a big New England country manor where Christopher Plummer is the patriarch of this large family. He has been murdered. It's a proper locked door mystery. Yeah, as well. and you've got all of so these um, eccentric family members that have been called together for Daniel Craig's detective to solve the crime. And this film is the film of this year that I think has the most fun. Mm. It's so there's so much energy and it's so funny and so vibrant and it's you think do I really need to see another murder mystery but this is one you really do. It's does so much clever things with what you think a murder mystery is going to do and what it isn't going to do. Uh I don't want to say too much to give it away but very early on it's not the film you think it is. Mm. Mm. Trust, trust Ryan Johnson. Exactly, he's, yeah. He's really solid. Yeah. I mean, Daniel Craig isn't actually there. It's just a force projection. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he got in the room. <laughs> uh, and we're going to be speaking to Ryan Johnson when we uh, do our proper podcast on Knives Out. So that is very exciting indeed. Yeah. And another one we're looking forward to that we uh, will be talking to the director about is Waves. Yeah, Waves. So this is the new film by Trey Edward Schultz, who did... Uh, and it comes at night it comes at night uh, we spoke to him for when we did our podcast on that a few years ago and that's a really really good horror film from a few years ago Waves is a sort of high school teen drama set in Florida and it follows the story of this uh, teenage boy and all the things the various melodramatic things that happen to him the, and then the... it follows his sister um, so it's very much a dual narrative in the fashion of like Chunking Express or something. And it's about how these how, uh, people's lives sort of flow into one another. Perhaps what? like waves. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the ripple effects things exactly. are going to have. <laughs> Lucas Hedges. And how Lucas wet Hedges. things are. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's a wet film. It's a pretty wet film. There's, yeah, there's so there's much showering. And yeah, showering. a lot of showering. <laughs> and swimming, yeah. yeah. See, I told you, the waves, yeah. they can mean more than one thing, guys. <laughs> All right. Um, and uh, one final film from yourself, Sam, that's coming out final in January. Film, a big film. Yeah, final film from me is Terrence Malick's A Hidden Life. And like many people, I haven't been a huge fan of Terrence Malick's past few films. I know... There are some people in this room that are fans of those films, but I think in general the kind of consensus is he's not quite doing his best work. But I really, really enjoyed this more than I thought I was going to. So this is about a farmer in Austria during World War II who refuses the call to fight for the Nazis during the war. And it follows the sort of the consequences for him and his family. Uh, as a Terence Maddox film, it's very long, it's very slow very kind of poetic, um, sort of a real glacial pace, but I found it really engrossing, really engaging, um, really uh, emotionally rewarding as well. Yeah, it's got really good praying in it. Lots of good praying, lots yeah. of good farming. Yeah. Oh, it's like, Great farming. Yeah, yeah, the rhythms in this film are so mm. hypnotic, just like people scything grass. Mm. Yeah. And you could just watch that forever. 
Like, it's so yeah. easy to just slip into for three hours. <laughs> Beautiful setting as well. Yeah. Um, Kelly, mm. um, let's talk about Le Men. <laughs> Le Men of Le Mans. Um, yeah, so I really like this film. Uh, it's just a good old dad film. <laughs> you know exactly what you're going to get. It does what it says on the box. You can trust Matt Damon every time, as well as Christian Bale. They just they 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 just doing their thing, and I was so in for it. I love I love a good a good old underdog. Yeah, people, people might know this film as Ford versus Ferrari. Which yeah, it is in America, here. it's called Le Mans '66, and it's um, Ford's plan to build a car that can beat Ferrari. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and if you needed like another example of why this is pure dad fodder. I only recently found out the name of the Christian Bale character for this car racing film. Ken Miles. Ken, Ken Miles. That's like what? What's the Keanu Reeves in Toy Story Four? Duke oh, Kaboom. Duke Kaboom. <laughs> That's like yeah. Ken Miles is like the dad film version of Duke Kaboom. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean he was a real person, <laughs> but it does work beautifully. Um, he yeah. has a really funny accent as well. <laughs> Super funny. Accent. He he's having so much fun in this film. More fun than I've seen Christian Bale having in a long time. I think it's really nice he, to see. Just looking for the perfect lap. Isn't he brummy? He's like, yeah. right, right. right so we're gonna build a food. Looking yeah. for the perfect lap, and he just wants a cup of tea. <laughs> he's obsessed with tea. <laughs> Dads are gonna love dad's it. Gonna love it. My dad's uh, gonna love this film. Anyway, okay. I, I is really your dad gonna it. love deer skin? Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> but I did. Um, it's a seventy-seven-minute-long film, and it's whack. <laughs> I was so in for it. <laughs> it's Jean de What's his name? Jean, Jean de Jardin. Jean de Jardin with plaisir. Uh, and he's so funny. He's having a lot of fun in this film. It's just. It's just one of those films that rarely gets made these days, and it's just. There not there aren't many films about men obsessed with getting a jacket. It's just a, a silly. It's a silly film, <laughs> but I was so in for it. <laughs> Has anybody else seen it? No, but uh, I do want to watch. It, it, it is about a man who just wants a jacket. So he gets he acquires this jacket in the beginning, and it just changes his whole persona. He just takes on this whole like this this alter ego. And then just starts acquiring deer skin clothing and he like transforms. And it's it's actually quite dark, but it's also really funny. I mean, most of it's, it's just stupid. It's a stupid film. <laughs> but it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. I loved it. I loved it. And it's short and punchy and it just does one thing so well. <laughs> it sounds like a Treehouse of Horror segment. Like yeah. It sounds like yeah. it could just be a five-minute cartoon. Uh, yeah, I think it was a short. I think it was a this short. This is the definition before. of a short that gets out of <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, um, but it's got Adele Hanel in. It does. And uh, she's in another film that you've picked. She, yes, she is. Uh, <laughs> that's a good one. Um, yeah, she's in Portrait of a Lady on Fire, um, which is a, a, one of my the highlights of this fest, the festival for me. I've been waiting. It's not on the year. Not the year. I've been waiting a very long time to see it, uh, and it paid off. It was an excellent film. I got to interview um, Celine uh, Siama, which we'll be hearing about when we do a longer version episode. Um, but yeah, I really loved this film. It's just it's just made so well, um, and it's one of those films that I want to watch again and again. Uh, I think every time you watch it, uh, different things will come out. Yeah, um, and I loved it. And it's so it's this romance between uh, a painter, yeah, a, like matriarch of a a, a manor, 
and a painter who is well she's the daughter of the of the of the matriarch um and the mother hires uh this painter called Marianne a portrait painter to secretly um paint this this portrait of of her daughter which is supposed to be like a marriage portrait to send to her she's being married off to some italian um and she, the daughter famous like she doesn't want to sit for the portrait so this marianne this painter has to secretly spend well she spends time with her and then secretly paints her and then it just it just changes as as their relationship sort of uh, unfolds um and they they become uh, it's very intimate in the beginning and then it becomes even more intimate mm. as they yeah it's a very special progress. film yeah. um big one for fans who don't want to hear any men talking as well. Oh, there's no, there's no hardly any men in this film. Yeah. Um, and Ali, your your three. Uh, there's one there that I'm I'm very happy to see. Yes. So uh, one of my picks was Baccarat, um, directed by the duo who did Aquarius with uh, Sonia Braga, and this also stars Sonia Braga, but in a very very different role. And it's kind of like four films meshed into one in in a weird way. But the the initial half just starts off. There's a small town in Brazil called Baccarat, very very rural. And some stuff starts to go wrong. And they stop notice. They don't appear yeah. on maps anymore. Yeah. Um, when the teacher's teaching the kids just about geography. And then next thing you know, a few Americans stumble in on quad bikes. And then stuff hits the fan. And it just kind of oh. it keeps on rolling and rolling and rolling. And then Udo Kia pops up, the famous German actor, who just brings this next level kind of sinister vibes to oh, it. Man. And it just keeps on going and going and going until the end, and then it keeps on going and going and going. It, I love this film. Yeah. It's absolutely nuts. Spectacular. Yeah. Claverman Don Cofillo used to be a film critic, and so I, I find his journey into filmmaking so interesting. Um, the fact that all of his films have come out that have been so different from each other, but he's clearly got such a incredible grasp of genre and craft uh, and to pull something this out of the, is absolutely wild mm. um, it's such a good time um, slight dad film as well I think a little bit of a dad yeah, film little, little western um, maybe um, but we've got another film there called Bad Education which yes. I don't think we're actually going to end up with in cinemas because it's mm. been bought by HBO but people should be checking that out because it's Corey Finley most definitely yeah it kind of builds on thoroughbreds in a way of inspecting the kind of upper middle class echelons of American society and what is behind that veneer and Hugh Jackman is yeah particularly stunning in this is a vain character um, who yeah really there's a beautiful tender scene at the end that says a lot about his character and his kind of evolution as an actor well, wow. okay. Um, so we probably should wrap up there. Um, but we've got uh, a couple things on Curzon Home Cinema. There's the Olivier Assayas collection we'll yeah. be coming up very so soon. So if you want to catch up with his work, uh, that's available now. So that's Personal Shopper, Clouds of Sills, Maria, Something in the Air, and The Summer Hours. If you catch up with all those before you watch nonfiction. Yeah, should have actually mentioned Summer Hours in the main section of the show. That's absolutely one uh, if you're a fan of to be checking out nonfiction because I think that's the closest um, comparison. Th- to his other work as well uh, and also if you have seen Star Wars The Force Awakens but want to pretend that you haven't and instead watch The White Ribbon you can do that on yeah. Home Cinema <laughs> um, and that's really about it if you've got any thoughts on non-fiction or you want to tell us about your LFF highlights then do let us know I mentioned last week I saw a film called The House of Us uh, Fatima got in touch to say I fully support Jake Cunningham's UK distributors pick up The House of Us challenge we've got another member of our team supporting us there come on pick the film up and uh, And so let us know if you've got any other LFF favourites that we should be talking about. Um, And you can follow us all on Twitter. Uh, It's at Curzon Cinemas, but I'm there as at Jake H. Cunningham. Sam, you Uh, are? At Sam Howlett underscore one. Kelly? 
at KS underscore Powell. And Ali. At Alasdair Bayman. With a D. Not a T. And if it's your first time listening to the show, you can do so. Uh, you can do so. You already are. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you can do so. You have my permission to do so. But if it's, your, if it's your first time listening and you've liked the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Acast, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. And when you're there, if you could leave us a review or a comment, that'd be absolutely wonderful. Uh, until then, au revoir. Au revoir. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.